0: This is the Empowered Athlete Podcast, hosted by yours truly, the one and only Natty Boss, lifelong athlete, sports dietitian, breathwork facilitator, personal development junkie, and holistic performance coach. This podcast is here to change the paradigm of what it means to be a high-performance athlete. The intention and mission of this podcast is to help you create freedom, clarity, and balance in your life while giving you the tools to heal yourself, improve your well-being, and optimize performance. I believe that in order to reach our highest potential in this human experience, we must unlearn and let go of everything we've been conditioned to believe about ourselves and the world so that we can truly tap into what our divine path is and have the courage to pursue the curriculum of our soul. It's my hope that after every episode, you feel activated and empowered to make change in your life that supports you in operating from a place of alignment of who you are meant to be. Get ready for major shifts and transformation. It's time to dive in. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Empowered Athlete Podcast. It's your host, Natty Boss. And today we have a repeat guest, my friend Connor. He's been killing it on Instagram lately and just with his business. And I really just wanted to take the time to extract of the principles that we talked about in one of our first episodes which was our episode nine in 2022 so go check that one out you'll get to know a little bit more about him and just the overall concepts of what he teaches and integrates with his work but today we're going to dive specifically into the importance of rotational training for athletes because having worked one-on-one with connor and integrating that in addition to just general movement, education has been an absolute game changer. And I've seen personally, lots of progress, um, performance wise on the mats in the dojo and in competition and at the highest levels. So, and he works with very, very high level athletes of multiple disciplines. So I'm really excited to have him back on here. He's based in Philly at the moment, and he has a bachelor's degree as well as an MBA. And he comes from an extensive background in sports and fitness, and he reconstructed his own body over time to create what he currently teaches. I really believe that Connor is a true embodiment of what he teaches, which is why I'm having having him on here again, um, because I really believe that you can only really teach things that you've truly embodied because that wisdom just lands so much deeper and you can tell when there's, you know, a fraud and he's not a fraud. Um, So He has a lot of knowledge and wisdom to share and so we're going to dive into it in the form of rotational training. He also leads a team of trainers in his company whose mission it is to help people create change by loving themselves. And he believes that success begins with access, awareness, and ownership in all phases of life. And you guys know that I'm on board with that motto and mission as well. And he teaches these principles through movement. So without further ado, what's up welcome
1: thank you so much nat that is such a sweet intro excellent expert style right there and (laughs) what's going on everybody really happy to be on here again nat is a fantastic first we'll start from a student um nat is avid and crafty about how she approaches her sport that is how her and I got to know one another. People don't seek me uh, by accident, right? There's a there's a purpose, All right. So first off, you guys are in great hands if you're listening and working with anything that nat has got her hands on. Second off, I am Connor Milstein. As Nat had told you, I'm a movement education specialist is what I call myself because frankly, there's not many names for it, right? And uh, we're here today to talk to you a little bit about the rotational training aspect of ISO movement systems and I can't wait. Nat's got some awesome questions. So Nat, please take the floor, let it rip and I'm happy to answer everything for you.
0: Absolutely. So, I mean, let's start with the basics of for those who have no idea, what exactly is rotational training and are there specific elements of rotational training?
1: Totally. that's a great question, Nat. And uh, I wanna, well, i want to send a question right back at you just so we help people get a little perspective here. And when we delineate, right, if we're saying rotational training, well, what is regular training, right? What is regular training? Regular training, another way of saying that would be considered maybe a little more linear, right? Is everyone has a different idea of what's new and what's old and so on and so forth, depending on where they've kind of jumped into their training routine and what they've seen in their lives, right? So yeah, gotcha. um, regular or traditional training, we're talking things like all the way back from your bodybuilder Arnold Schwarzenegger body part split—that's where most people would have started with their training, and then all the way into um, you know around we'll say the eighties, nineties, where aerobic level training became extremely popular, um, where a lot of hit style classes today got their start, uh, and then two thousand three comes around, we have collegiate or, or strength training really right college sports is is really where we start to see that get popular and what we now now know today as lift, right? Your traditional lift, your bench, your squat, your clean, and all the auxiliary explosive pieces that have kind of branched off of that in the last 20 years, right? So that takes us all the way to this new form of training that Nat said is rotational. That is the word that it's been given, um, but ultimately, if traditional training is linear, rotational training is is called angular or it's, it's more complete, right? The, when you train in rotation, what you do is you encourage or you consider more dimensions of movement at the same time, right? So most people know if they have a traditional background that there are three planes that we move in, frontal, uh, sagittal, and then transverse, right? In this rotational idea, rotation doesn't begin until all three planes are being hit simultaneously, or just put it simply. That's moving in 3D, right? The, the um, cool part is that when we move in 3D, a whole new set of capabilities pops out, right? And we could get super nerdy at this point and kind of take <laughs> on our own tangent of going into like the quant- basically quantum conversation and how particles operate when you observe them versus when you're not looking at them, how they literally change characteristics like magic. And it's the same exact idea in rotational training. There's things that are happening in, under the hood that we can't see with our eyes. So it, but you can certainly feel it as Nat could attest to. As Nat could, will certainly be able to attest to. It's hard to see, but you know it's there. Yeah. Right. So rotational training is about what happens after all three planes are active together, working together as a unit, and those new capabilities are on the table. Right? That's what tra- rotational training is all about. The other key component of rotational training is what are we training? It's really centered around human biology and the human gait cycle, walking on our two feet, being bipedal. Right? The spine, in the human body, in a vertebrate body, the spine is the main motor of movement. In most traditional training uh, programs, the legs are considered the main driver of movement, Mm. right? So there's that large delineation as well. And then of course we have just simple anatomy consideration. Rotational training is going to look first at a whole system and then at the parts of the system, right? Versus having a isolated split of focuses where i'm getting chest and tries one day back and buys another day or push day and a pull day or whatever the isolation is whatever the phases are instead we consider the whole, the majority of the time and those tiny pieces become tools to ensure the whole is operating as it should mm-hmm. all right that the concept the word there that a lot of people will want to look up is tensegrity right, or the body, how it actually holds itself, which is by a combination or balance of pressure and tension in our tissues versus our bones, right? That word comes from um, Thomas Myers Anatomy Trains, very worth a Google. And lastly, I would say to define rotational training, you have to talk about multidimensional integrative qualities um, and the carryover into our day-to-day, where you're dealing with three dimensions of stress all the time, whether you like it or not. That's just called living on this planet. (laughs) So it would probably be smart to have your training incorporate those three dimensions all the time that you have to deal with anyway. Otherwise, you're only getting strong in one of those three dimensions. Well, why would we do that when, (laughs) when we could get strong in all of those dimensions at all times? Yes. All right, so there's just that simple integrative or complete quality so that's how those three bullet points is really how I would try and consider rotational training
0: I love that when do you say that when one focuses on one of those planes and kind of puts all their buckets in that area essentially and ultimately that's what leads to the imbalances and the injuries and things like that
1: 100% because the nervous system if you continually teach it there's this one plane one plane one plane it's going to get conditioned to the idea of it being on one plane and then the natural laws of physiology take over and it specializes and forms to exist in that plane yes. so um just to make fun of myself i always prefer to use myself i was a big lifter crossfitter power lifter so on and so forth um, and my butt was really tiny or flat right and my quads were really thick really big uh um, And I didn't have a lot of shape to my body, right? Because my body formed to be capable in one plane. It doesn't need to shape or tone or be complete and full. But yes, exactly correct.
0: Love that. So let's dive into the specifics of why rotational training is important for athletic performance. And what Mm -hmm. are the specific benefits? I guess this would be like more examples and such to really ground in those concepts that you just shared.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first, the first thing that happens when you work through those concepts, those principles, is the first thing you're going to notice is your longevity. How much lighter you feel, right? So if 100 reps costed you 100 energy points, right? Yeah. Now 100 reps cost you one energy point, like yeah. we were just yeah. talking about. There's the simple yeah. longevity yeah. of it, yeah. right? When you move or get good at moving in three dimensions, get good at rotating. You're creating a body that's existing with decompressive joints or, or hydrated joints. And then tissues that aren't too stretched, aren't too tight, aren't too dry, right. Are in the perfect relationship. And the balance of that is what I call an anti-inflammatory environment. It's very hard for your tissues to inflame when they're being fed the right things, pulled the right ways and live at the right length.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. So longevity is the number one key. Uh, that you get away from rotational training. I would say the second most important thing is the carryover. Just because you're using all of those dimensions all over the time, as a human, it doesn't matter where we put you, right? You are still a human. You're still human-nat jujitsu artist, human-nat judo artist, human-nat mom, human-nat working out. It doesn't matter. The motor is the motor. It's just going into different cars, right? So if we focus your training around the human ability, not the judo, not the jujitsu, but the human doing it, you're getting better at everything at the same time. And it carries over a lot faster because you're seeing angles and you're getting strength. You're getting strength in transition, in rotation in transition. And most of sports are played in transition, right? Yes. The inst- I played football, for example, right? And I got really strong at benching, squatting, deadlifting, and a couple of different lifts, right? But that position and that lift were only mere moments, right? It was like th- this many seconds of a game. I found myself in a perfect situation to use those skills, yes. right? When you get strong in transition, you're going to be able to see transition all the time. Awkward spots, tough spots to be in, tight angles, right? That carryover is so crucial for athletic performance. Uh, and then oh, there's just the I volume. Right oh, yeah. I want to
0: pause you right there just because. Uh,
1: yeah, you like that one?
0: <laughs> it's just ever since learning this through through you and doing it one-on-one, like, Oh, I feel like I want to scream on top of the mountaintops (laughs) about like the phrase "strength and transition." Mm
1: -hmm. That
0: has Mm -hmm. been the absolute game changer for me, guys. Like, that's actually, I think, exactly what I was as you were speaking. I was like, "What?" I don't, I don't know how to describe how I feel, aside Mm -hmm. from floating. Like, I really feel that buoyancy, that floating while, and knowing exactly like when to move and put pressure and all that stuff. But it's almost like just my center axis, no matter where I'm moving, what, you know, my, my center point, my spine, essentially, it's being able to shift that alongside my limbs at the same Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And essentially what that is, is transition. So like, Mm -hmm. I knew that, but it wasn't, I didn't like really put it together until you said, That strength of transition, like that is where my superpower has been. And I've always kind of been pretty good at that because I've always been athletic, but understanding the language and having the education and then actually applying those principles through my training, that has just sharpened like immensely. Probably. And just to let the listeners know, like, and we were talking about this right before we kind of started the the episode was that I'm doing this at the highest level at seven months pregnant. Like with not a sweat, not a bead of sweat. I'm just moving and I'm not even gassed out. And these people that I'm training against, you know, they are not in the same position as me as far as being pregnant. And, you know, I can see that their physical body is struggling. I can see that there's a disconnect between like- Labor, their laboring, laboring. Yes.
1: They're laboring. yes, like right. Their
0: mind wants to do something, but I can see their body has that lag time. Versus Mm -hmm. like with me, it's like the sharpness and the precision that I've been able to feel and execute is like, it definitely feels like it's harmonious and like in unison.
1: Yep, exactly. There's not, it's funny because there's not a lot of language around this, right? Our language, English language is built around the linear or traditional understanding of exercise and movement. Remember that I'm a, a jock that went to school later. I learned how to learn later because I physically could no longer play my sport. Right. So I got competitive towards learning. And one of the biggest parts I I didn't mention on that list yet of why learning rotational training for athletes is just updating your language, literally updating your 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 software. Right. You can consider and get yeah. you can cover so much more ground than you think it, it we don't realize what we're limited by something like language we don't even think about that
0: 100 just having the language to certain things like the rotational, mm-hmm. you know like the coiling like that mm-hmm. is something i'm constantly thinking about when i'm doing my movements and just you know just having the language around it like i have the physical exercise practice as well but the language is really what clicked everything of like okay now my like brain Mm-hmm. and what we're experiencing and now there can be more of that unison exactly of that
1: and we cut that lag time we have and then you have your physical practice on top of that and you cut that lag time of learning by so much you could have your white belts moving fluidly as if they were purple brown, that you usually don't see till purple level right yeah. like me i'm terrible at jujitsu because i don't practice jujitsu. jitsu but if you watch me move through the jujitsu movements, it's yeah, not fun right. to roll with me. It doesn't matter what belt you are. It doesn't matter because I'm capable of making it very difficult for you. right? Just because of how I'm holding myself. Exactly. Right. But if I go to execute a technique, sure, I'm, I'll miss the technique. And you'll point that out in a second because yeah. you'll realize, oh, he doesn't actually have the ability to finish these. It just feels like yeah. uh, it, it's I'm rolling against someone better. Yes,
0: yes, yes. I just exactly want to
1: like,
0: like highlight that because that transition, like before I was always like a um, position before submission. And that was something mm-hmm. that I like really um, talked about and still believe in. But like when I learned the language, what I realized, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. It's transition before position, before submission. Transition is the first step.
1: Exactly. And that's
0: really where everything started to to click and skyrocket. So, I, did, I know I interrupted you. So, we no. can go back to whatever yep. else you want to point out as far as those elements for athletic performance specifically.
1: That was awesome. No, it's really cool of you to point out where things hit home because, like, like you just said, this is new. It took us a long time, you and I, to develop this language and communication. And us working through it is definitely helpful for the listeners and watchers to understand quicker and because and, this is brand new stuff, right? Yep. So another reason why road training, why rotational training would be beneficial for athletes is the stack, the volume of results, right? Where most people that are doing more traditional training methods, if they lift to get strong, they stretch to get flexible, they massage and mobilize to get mobile. They um, do cardio to get cardio, right? Abs to get abs and in doing so, you're losing tons of time, right? So as I was developing this program, I was like, how am I gonna work as hard as I wanna work? And do all that, it's not possible, right? So part of what's so cool about rotational training is it handles all those results at the same time. Mm. I don't need to go stretch, I don't need to do mobility, I don't need to do strength work and I don't need to do cardio. I do one thing that handles all of those things. Yeah. I'm saving myself. I, I, I'm someone, granted, not everyone's going to want this. Not everyone wants to work like I do in a day. I like to overwork. So I'm an overachiever through and through. Um, so for me to free up that time is invaluable. And frankly, who wants to be in the gym now? Not that many people, mm-hmm. right? Especially, you know, maybe not two kids ago, right? You, you can spend all day in a gym now. That's not even a possibility. It's not even a possibility. 100%. Right? So you need to be- people need
0: to hear that, and athletes need to hear that because one of the biggest complaints and like issues or struggles that athletes come to me with, one of them is like that idea of struggling with time management
1: mm-hmm. because
0: they have all these goals, they want to get stronger, they want to get more explosive. Um, and I, you know, then again, if you, if they have that mindset of that traditional way of doing things, what? Yes, the requirement would be spending four or five hours in the gym. If you have three kids and a full time job, yes, that's also not realistic. And so you set yourself up for that disappointment because you're like, well, I guess I need to just, you know, ditch my goals. And it's like, no, it's about working smarter, not harder, being more efficient. Movement and something that I know that you will agree with because I believe that time management is the byproduct of working more efficiently. But what is actually precedes that ability to have more time in my opinion is the Mm -hmm. energy management aspect and i know that's something that you talk about because everything that you work with in this regard is about the optimal energy usage usage, you have to so it's really about energy management through efficient movement which gives you time freedom exactly
1: you open up time exactly all right that's something i i only glanced over you're right that was from our first podcast the the going back to that first point of why rotational training is important and i went into longevity right i kind of smushed it all to efficiency back in there because it's a matter of time right time management energy management and we all know if you're an athlete right if you're you're chasing a goal you don't even have to be an athlete you're chasing a goal there's only three real tough parts that you need to manage consistency effort and then staying in the game, not getting hurt, right? There's only three things. You're going to reach that goal with that combination, no matter what, right? And it, it, not, most people are there pushing themselves, pushing, 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 and they're giving away, they're spending energy, spending, 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 and thinking in their heads that that's what's going to get them there. And they just need to be tough enough to push, yes. right? Sounds Which fun. That's just not humanly possible part of the longevity practice is being able to do it the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. The, Cause if you can't stack up all those days, you're never going to have enough reps to get to that high, high end goal anyway. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's all, I tie that into the longevity of it all. all right, you, you reduce your injury risk because you're moving better and more cleanly. And you've now made more efficient use of your time.
0: Yes. 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 Love that. So, Let's dive into basically how you would recommend athletes integrate rotational training into their routines. We obviously Mm -hmm. talked about basically, you know, this idea of scratch everything you've been doing and integrate this, but for those, maybe I know that a big piece for inside out is, you know, the mental shift as well, you know, that I think a big fear that will come up for athletes is like, but like, will it work? Is it actually possible to like do 30 minutes? you know, instead of the two hours and like actually see the results. I think there's that mental component, but how can they also tangibly start integrating it into their training in a way that feels like safe and doable for their mind? Because Mm -hmm. their mind is going to resist that initial change. And you're very clear about that when you're working with like clients or group work, you're like, you know, your mind is going to want, like I had that like full disclosure. I had that when you were teaching me like uh, adjustments to push-ups. Like I could just, feel my ego at first. I'm more committed to learning than anything else, so it's usually easy for me to shift my ego, but I still notice the ego present to be like, but this is always how we did push-ups and this is how we've taught it for years and this kind of like, oh my gosh, like it can't be this way. And I and then just feeling and then letting my body give me the truth through the adjustments of feeling I'm like, but this feels good and you know exactly. And, and that was something that I noticed like mentally I had to say, like you either have to choose the old way or commit to choosing the new way and then adjust.
1: Well, always the way that performs the way you want it to, always, always the way you that performs that the way you wanted to in the end. Meaning yeah. it's just about being honest, which which is the biggest part. And we we are never rewarded for that necessarily, right? The reward was, oh Nat, good push up. Because you did it by what the book said to do, right? It was never like oh how
0: many push-ups.
1: Or how right. many, right? How, deep, morning, how many? How, how deep of a range of motion. Um, were you using your hands or your knuckles, right? Little things that never address the motor of the movement. <laughs> they never, they skip yeah. the point. They skip over the point. Yeah. that did that push up make you better at everything else you do? Right? Yeah. That's what we're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the result we're looking for. Right, Great. You, your pec gets a little stronger. Your tricep and shoulder gets great. But did it make you better at what you say you want to do? And that getting right with that stings a little at first because you yeah, start to yeah. realize the areas where you're telling yourself that you're doing well. That really aren't benefiting you in the ways that you want them to. Yeah. And that hurts. That hurts. Totally. That's it, a huge part of that. Right. That, now, I believe you we went through two training blocks, six months of work. Yeah. Um, and the first training block I call the unlearning phase, right? That whole first quarter. You're just unlearning it's with my athletes, especially people who have a lot of reps and a lot of coaching. They've been coached through a lot, they pushed through a lot. You got a lot of unlearning to do. A lot of unlearning to do. And I did I had some of the most. <laughs> I had some yeah. of the most. I started working. Both my parents worked in fitness. I was working out since I was like nine, 10, 11 years old. Yeah. So I had a lot of unlearning to do. Yeah. Um, but through that repetition, it became easy to see where I was in my own way, and it doesn't sting. It, the sting of it goes away. You yeah. still get, you still find ways to be your own problem, of course, but you get sharper at getting out of your own way sooner. Yeah, Um, and that's talking about this is a part that Matt clearly connected with deeply this is a a big feature of the one-on-one work for sure because we can get to know each other closely intimately and no one else is around to judge you that's a big a huge part of it is it's just an unbiased point of view and then you and your goal right and all I do is make sure you are directly looking at your goal and what we're doing is getting you there in, in the best fashion we can in every way um, and a huge, a great, that was, that was really fun that you brought that up, Matt. That's, I love when people are willing to use themselves as examples. It gives so much more perspective. Um, because my first answer to her question was, it depends on the athlete's current standing that you're exactly correct. How would you recommend athletes integrate this? Well, it's not just drop everything and switch. It depends entirely on where you are yeah. because we don't want to rock the boat too much. It's not about rocking your ego or or throwing your world into a into a backspin right it's not about yeah. that because that that's too much chaos too no one wants that much chaos we yeah. want a smooth shift right so a huge part in creating that smooth shift is is the first question to the athlete is are you in any pain all right that's always the first question because most athletes are most people are frankly yeah. most, right but as an athlete you get taught not to show it or think about it or you, nothing whatever tough it out right that's the background i came from now it led to a train wreck right? absolute train wreck in my body so i was like okay it's not that i'm not tough i just needed to do something about this stuff sooner and that <laughs> that would have been the tougher thing to do in the end, in the yeah. end.
0: i tell people that all the time it's actually the discipline of knowing when you need to stop and pause for a moment is actually part of being tough. Because
1: exactly. People, it is exactly. A weakness.
0: And like your ability to not be able to stop is actually a weakness in my eyes.
1: Exactly. So you it's don't just have that self-control. It's a sign of immaturity or just where they are in their, in their own development. And yeah. which that's, a, and I would never knock somebody. I was there, right. You were there. Yeah. I would never knock somebody for where they are in their Um, But but I have processes put in place to help people per- position themselves on how to answer that question. How do we integrate this into your routine? Right. Yes. So the first one is, are you in pain? Cause that one is objective and, and clear. And when people are, unfortunately, this is a very harsh reality of my job. Um, the only times people pay close enough attention to what they're doing is when they're hurt. It's yeah. the only time. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and that sucks. Me too. Mike, that includes me. Um, but that's just a, a rough reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're listening to this, that means that's your sign. <laughs> that's, that's what yes. I'm saying. Uh, and then the next questions are what are your what is the level of your goals? So pro level versus amateur level. And then the that, that kind of helps me identify if they control their schedule or if if, yeah, what we're what we're dealing with restraints wise, constraints wise. Yeah, And then there's their movement assessment. So how are you moving as a human, not as a jujitsu artist, not as a judo artist, right? I want to see how you're moving as a human, because that is ultimately present in all of those places like we had discussed before. So if you move well as a human, you're going to have a much bigger head start in what we're trying to accomplish here. And that helps us control where we begin with your program. Yes. All right so any way you cut it up this is how i kind of draw it up for my pro level athletes we'll start with the pro level athletes where if you are competing at jujitsu you have to call yourself a pro level athlete uh, because that's a requirement on your body unless you don't care about how you place in which case that's fine um that's just the, the delineation between pro level and not. if you're going to judge yourself by how you place that's a that's pro level And where we start is by learning the essentials of movement, right? So because I built the mental, emotional components into this, that I know those lessons are going to come up. So I start the physical process and I let those pieces unfold. That's why the one-on-one work is the most effective method because it's perfectly set up to accomplish every we're working at the emotional mental and physical level immediately right off the bat and the more group style work we still get there it's just a little slower pace not as customized not as individualized so the athlete will openly call the essentials their recovery work that's how they'll feel about it at first because they don't want to feel soft they don't want to feel like they're not tough they don't want to feel weird ostracized right ultimately so when they're learning their essentials, we decompress their joints. We begin to learn how to leverage gravity to, to our advantage instead of it aging us or it leveraging us. And about a week, maybe 10 days into that practice, the athlete starts to realize, wow, I feel good, right? And I haven't done that much, to be honest, right? It's just recovery work, but I feel better than when I'm doing all the other work. How could that be? And as soon as we open that door in the brain, well, we begin to eliminate old habits that don't serve, right? So it's just a simple question at that point. Hey, do you feel better doing this or this? Okay, so what do you want to spend your time doing? This. It becomes a no-brainer. It, just, yeah. it becomes a no-brainer. And by doing it that thorough, not saying stop everything you're doing and start this, by yeah. letting you weave it, weave it, weave it, it lets you have ownership in the decision. I'm not forcing anything down your throat. So it starts by letting the athlete have control. All right. And we start with the essentials. Once they start that, once they get the essentials down, we talk about their, what's called the foundations of athleticism. We begin to rotate. All right. This is where we build power, speed, change of direction, ability, symmetry, um, rotational level mobility, or integrative mobility, integrative flexibility, integrative strength, so on and so forth. All right. And at that point, They're working out harder than they ever have in their lives in less time than they ever ever have in their lives with less weight loads than they ever have in their lives. And they're like, they feel the best they ever have in their lives.
0: I can attest.
1: Right. So by the time you get to that point, you're sold. Right. You, You, I don't need to tell you anything. I don't start anything with the athlete. They're wondering how they can do more of this more often. How they can feel that good more often. How they can get more carryover more often. All right. And, and at which point we begin to condition that motor towards the activity that they want to compete at or be good at. Right. J- human nat knows their essentials, knows how to rotate, can now move into jujitsu. Right. That's the way you want to orient everything. So we have human nat performing jujitsu. So your jujitsu doesn't take away from your longevity. Yeah, And that right, point yeah. they're existing together. Yeah. All right. So that's how you get an athlete started. And it takes in one-on-one work, three to nine months is, is the time frame I give people in group work. We're calling it nine to 12 months.
0: Okay. Love that. Love that. Yeah. That's yeah you're just...
1: going gonna to enjoy the new services that that's going to, when you, once you feel what you can feel like and you realize what the world can feel like it's very exciting when, p- when people are on the way is is gonna love these new services rolling up
0: yes yes and i felt pretty good before we started working together but mm-hmm. again it's like i felt even better Yep,
1: yeah. we had one and that felt great right if you ask any athlete they feel great when, when we start that felt great we had one one area i got lucky she happened to have a, a strain in her neck when we had started. I got really lucky, yeah. had, which I was able to harp on as an entry point. Yeah, And and that's what helped Nat to get to open herself up mentally and emotionally a little quicker. And that yeah. was a big, that was, that was awesome.
0: Yeah. One of the things like, so the rotational training and all those elements are, were just like spot on perfect. But I think, or I know that with the essentials being the first step, the biggest thing for me was having that awareness and that reflection of where my cervical spine was kind of in relation to the rest of my spine, how I had my, for those watching this on YouTube, kind of had my chin kind of just more sticking out and how that kind of showing the anatomy of how that influences everything else. And just keeping that like T-spine extension and sucking my... My um,
1: relaxing your jaw back.
0: down, and just like that's just a normal way of being for me now. Like, as far as just again, like you said, waking up, standing up, making coffee, mm-hmm. like navigating my normal life. And because I've had that practice and it's like recalibrated to that, use your mm-hmm. word
1: exactly correct, exactly correct. But it
0: is, it's recalibrated to that every,
1: every day, it's right.
0: natural that like I don't fall out of habit when I go to jiu jitsu because what I'm doing in my everyday life is now just translating when I'm on the mat and I'm staying in that same posture where I have a higher risk of potential injury because of the sport that I'm doing, but keeping those essential cues and then adding the rotation.
1: Mm -hmm. You layered, you layered it beautifully. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. remember guys, Nat drills, Very, it's totally possible to permanently rearrange your skeleton. Like Nat's talking about where she doesn't really have to think about it anymore. It's just automatic takes a lot of work to get there. Just so you know, that works hard. It's, it's not easy.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's so worth it guys. Yeah. Um. So I know that we actually touched on this, but I guess my question around this was more for, I guess it could be at a perfect world or maybe just uh, you can share some of like the professional athletes that you do work with. Like if, if this is like their primary type of quote unquote cross-training yeah. with their discipline um, or do they still integrate levels of weight training? Like, I guess my question is more along the, the lines of those who just like, really like weight training and like the yeah. strength training and like, is there a place? I know you've had some reels about like fixing, you know, Bulgarian split squats and, mm-hmm. and deadlifts mm-hmm. and things like that. Like is there still a place for that um, for people who just really want it or would you really in a perfect world just say mix it all together like because of just the benefits that we've discussed so far of just how the crossover happens and just the compounding effects of doing this type of work versus it like is it still worth keeping that at all?
1: (laughs) That's the golden question. So the the world right the, the media world wants wants a nice polarizing sound bit right they they want the answer to be something simple do this don't do that do this don't do that right that's the that's kind of the world we live in anymore and um, if if we want to keep it in the world we live in which i'm getting a lot more comfortable with the answer would be no there's no space for traditional weight training when there is something better to do right but me my personal answer as a coach is always do what led to the right result do what led to the win but be willing to evolve it otherwise your opponents might right it's
0: the mm-hmm. it's a not it's
1: it's going to be the most adaptable that stays on top right not the one that does the one thing the best how often is the strongest person in the room the best athlete in the room almost never i would i would actually venture to say never Right? I was the youngest person in the room, most rooms I was in, growing up, um, and I was never close to the best athlete. right So that's speaking from experience. Uh, the reality is, there's moving is better than not moving, right? for the most part, for the most part. Mm-hmm. I'd rather you move and make mistakes, because at least you're, you're taking reps and you're gaining experience. Yeah. right Those physical reps. Can be undone later. Those physical reps can be undone. Right. So people ask me all the time if I regret my decade plus of traditional weight training. They ask all the time. And the answer is no, I don't regret it. Right. Do I think about what could have been if I had been smarter with my body sooner? Of course I do. Of course I do. But that doesn't define who I am at all. Um, If anything, I've used it as a tool to help myself and a lot more people get into a much stronger place. Just like explaining this answer right here, Mm -hmm. as opposed to just going with the one that gets me all the attention, right. The polarizing answer. Yeah. The, the, um, there, there is little bits of room. So to put it simply a Bulgarian split squat, right. One I know you love, right. I know why you love it because it burns a lot. I know what you like. Of. You're crazy <laughs> like that. I understand. Yeah. I, I understand. I get it. I've done plenty of them. I, very I, heavy I, weights. pain. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you've been taught to associate that pain with a positive result. hmm Yes. Right? Because maybe in jujitsu, you know that if you roll uh, six, 12-minute rounds a day, you're going to get pretty conditioned, right? That's painful. Now, they're not the same pain. <laughs> so that's the difference there. The reality is that Bulgarian, you choose how many reps you do. You choose how much weight you lift, if any. You choose where your back foot's position. You choose where your front foot's position. You choose the temperature that the room is in. You choose the song that's on your headphones. You choose the shoes that are on your feet. You have choices, right? When we're rolling six 12-minute rounds, you don't choose any of those things. You might be able to choose the music and the temperature. (laughs) That's about it, right? You don't control any of those things. The pain that you feel in real life contexts, the struggle of real work, and the struggle of prescribed work, chosen work, will never equate. They will never equate. And the reality was, you could get as strong as you want and as many lifts as you want. That doesn't mean that that is going to show up for you in any way. It doesn't mean it's going to make you healthier and able to live a longer life. And it doesn't mean it's going to make you better at your sport. Mm -hmm. It means that if that instance happens to occur in your real life, your sport daily habits, you will be able to lift more weight in that instance. Mm -hmm. So 24 hours a day happen, maybe 3% of your day, you've been stronger in now. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you can accept that, then yes, go crazy and do your traditional, right? That Go yeah, crazy. Yeah. It's a deeper issue. What you're really telling me is you don't think your time matters that much, mm-hmm. right? That's what you're really telling me. That, Connor, I don't care. I'm going to spend time getting this much benefit instead of that much benefit. Well, you just told me a lot about yourself, really. It's not yeah, about yeah. the choice so much as the person, right? Yeah. That person just told me that I'm willing to waste time, even though I know better. Mm. right that is
0: guys because that's going to be a hard
1: (laughs) that is the core issue here right that is what's really the problem at hand it's again if you're going to say i'm going to sit on the couch and eat potato chips or i'm going to do bulgarian split squats go go move leave the chips be go move right go not even close no question but if you're going to tell me i'm gonna i have an hour a day in my life to work out an hour a day is what I got, and I'm going to actively choose to do something that doesn't yield as big of a result as the next thing, then you're just lazy, stupid, or ignorant, right? That's, just, that's, and I'm not, that I'm not okay with, right? Yeah. And um, it's not the traditional lift that I'm not okay with. It's the laziness, the stupidity, and the ignorance, right? Mm-hmm. That's the problem. It's the lack of, it, it kills me that someone would not. Think that they're important. I want you to have free time. What, what, You can probably create some brilliant things with some free time. A free nap means that I get to learn jujitsu. That's great for me, right? I want that to be.
0: With all my, my free time, I've been crocheting like fifty billion <laughs> things.
1: Right, she's crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm almost <laughs> on
0: my fruit basket.
1: <laughs> that was cracking me up. Thinking of you having the patience to sit in it was making me laugh. I, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie I was like wow she must be bored because she's really <laughs> in this
0: no I just really have been able to to recalibrate things and my nervous system is way more regulated and balanced so now I, I have, have to have agree a, have a bigger capacity to and you know what I will say I, you know I do do it while I'm cycling so <laughs> so I, I, I have not
1: realize that,
0: that <laughs> I, <in> didn't, there.
1: <laughs> I didn't realize that that's very funny. That's very mad <laughs> of you. Right, so yeah, that that was a long-winded answer for the traditional weight training versus rotational training. Oh, I right, love we, that. I think that was a perfect have the, answer. We have the sound bit answer in there, but we also have the the reality of it. So, do and with I it love with that.
0: You. I think as a coach, that was the the perfect answer to give. Um, and I think just really highlighting that last point was really what people needed to hear. It's you know, I, I just loved that. Um, I don't know the exact language that you just said exactly yeah. stated in, but basically the the long lines of like, if you know better, do better. And if you don't choose do be- to do better, like that's just the internal that's, issue that you really exactly. need to work through um exactly. And that like just hits home for me just because I'm just not that kind of person. And you're not that kind of person. It's like yeah. once you know that there is something better out there, it's like you're gonna go taste exactly. that. The yield is so much greater and whatever your ego said about the past it's like screw that this is so much like this is worth it to me it, it, it outweighs the old way because of the the yield you know yep. so, it's, worth
1: yep. Yep. so it's, said, it's, it's undeniable right once yeah once you see the profit come in from one thing versus the profit coming from another you have a choice to make and and i don't care ever what choice people make it's about yeah agreeing, being okay with their choice, right? Accepting your knowing, choice. Yeah. knowing that you have a choice and knowing why you're making it. And that,
0: that's really good. That's really good. That is the that point. Choice, And then also adjusting your goals accordingly. Because if you think that you want to be this high level athlete, or you really have these grand goals, but yet you want to stay in the place where you rather yield 3% result. Well, if you're not willing to change your actions and habits, then you best change your Absolutely. goal. And I usually exactly. never tell people to lower their yeah.
1: goal when they shoot for the stars, but- It's you know, alignment, you gotta, uh, you gotta be honest, above all, yeah, honest. In the end, you gotta be honest. You, you can shoot honest. for the stars and be unrealistic as long as you're willing to meet yourself where you are. Like for example, for me, exactly. I'll use myself as the example, right? So that we don't single, no one feels, I don't want anyone to, these are tough topics sometimes, right? Yeah. Um, for me in jujitsu, right? Do I wish I could compete in podium every single time? Could I? Probably. I have the ability to do it. I just don't, I don't have the desire or anything except my ego telling me I should, right? So I accept these tiny percentage points of growth when I'm capable of a world more, And it's because I have to be honest with myself. I am not the athlete anymore. (laughs) That's not my role. And it's not my goal. Not right now. Yeah, I plan yeah. on returning to that in my 40s. We'll get there later. That's mm-hmm. on podcast 800. Right? <laughs> so I do plan on that one day. But I have to be very honest about something. And, and I train once to twice a month tops, tops, just yeah. at home, not even at class, just here in the gym with with yeah. some blue yeah. belts, some black belts, some purples and browns. Right. But that's not going to yield anywhere near the growth that would be required to podium every time I compete
0: Exactly. Exactly. I love. That. Yeah, we're we're very open when it comes to sharing our our own stuff, but you know, that's that's the way we we are. Mm-hmm. So exactly. let's, let's let's finish it out with kind of the newest ventures, um, with ISO movements and what's coming down the pipeline. What's the best way for athletes to connect and work with you? Obviously, in the show notes, we put your Instagram handle, ISO movement, um, Instagram handle, the website, um. If you want me to put like a link to any type of assessment center that you're shifting some things so you just let me know what kind of is new in your world that you'd like people to be most versed in and then i'll make sure it's all in the show notes
1: totally so that's a great great exit point nat because and i'll start right with you right one of the coolest new things is for graduates of the iso program right so i've opened up a a cohort it's a group cohort private group for any individuals who have graduated through the ISO program and want to exist in a community of people who are willing to be that raw level of honest um, and enjoy continuing to to grow through their ISO principles without having to buy into one-on-one systems. So it's a bi-weekly group that meets, I'm sorry, yeah, it meets bi-weekly right, where I'm working out and leading the workout. So you get to work out with me. We get to upgrade any of your existing practices, of course, on a biweekly basis. The first meetup is bodyweight-based. The second is tool-based. So you'll see everything from clubs, ropes, kettlebells, to foot fitness and myofascial release techniques, to all sorts of different tool-based um learning, and these are all high-level movers at this point, right, because if you've graduated this program, it doesn't matter if you're a pro athlete or, uh, you know, 65 years old and getting over a hip replacement, you move well, right, and there's not many teachers out there that you're going to find that hold you to the highest standard of movement that you're capable of, right, you go to most, you know, fitness classes or training sessions, people are just pushing, right, pushing effort instead of quality. So the first big new addition is the graduate level group. That one, I just want to make sure Nat hears because that one's for her, right? That is exactly where someone with a high drive, high competitive nature, high ideals for themselves, competing or performing actively, um, teaching, right, coaching already, it's a great place for you to be. The ways to get there are through either one-on-one education or group-based education. So this year, we're launching our first group educational cohort. So these are going to run on a yearly basis. It's a 12-month curriculum where we have all the nuts and bolts included, your assessments, your program, your homework, and it runs on a nice, tight script for a full year. That will walk you into the option for the graduate group or a certification. You get the you get both doors open, oh, right? That's cool. And that's the third edition is the certification. We're going to have our first live certification event, so in person where you fly in, we meet up. Um, And we spend a four day weekend, and we ensure that you have all of the protocols and practices that you would need to be able to teach people what you're learning. So the grad group more for the athlete to be able to keep their practice going, the certification more for people that would like to teach. So it's those three things that are the new additions. The one-on-one programming just continued to get sharper and tighter. That is what's been running. That's the heart and soul of ISO movement systems and will be. The one-on-one programs are really focused around pain management. They're very select anymore in the ability to get in them. I believe there will only be a a total of 20 slots to 25 slots a year to get in for the one-on-one work, um, as a lot of the time has to go to the groups now, so I can serve larger, larger scales of people, right, be able to make larger impacts, turn out some coaches that are looking through an ISO lens, so that somebody like Matt could approach someone in her gym that might be laboring through movements and help them say, hey, look, I see what you're struggling with. And if you would like to cut the learning curve a little bit, here's a couple of ways you can do that. Right. For somebody that already works in fitness, in combat sports, in health, it could be a massage therapist, acupuncturist, chiropractor, doctor. Right. You know, all benefit from understanding deeper language, how to assess a body, how to approach somebody and provide the language that they might need to make their job a little bit easier. In turn, making your job easier, which is getting them to level up.
0: Yeah, I love that. So is the certification solely, like, it it happens through that live event? Like, no line work? Okay.
1: Correct. So you you can get access to that certification event. If you're in the grad group, automatic access, right? If you are going through the group cohort, you have the option in the beginning to get the certification event at a discounted price or... You always have the option to add it on at some point in your cohort. You're not forced into it, is the point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Right? But you
1: can't just buy your way right into the cert event.
0: Okay. All right. Great. The good clarification. Yep. And do you have individual links to each of them or where would you like people to be directed to all of the options?
1: Yep. So the website is beautifully laid out and explicit. Okay. Now I have a lovely team working on all of that in the back end. So it's as it's that simple. Once you get to my website, it's obvious steps one, two, and three, depending on okay. what you're interested in. The individual link that you're going to have is for the first group, is for the group cohorts, the ones that are about to roll out, because they're going to go into pre-sale now. Okay. And as soon as we hit, I believe it's a 12 person cap. As soon as we hit that 12 person cap, that first group is rolling. Gotcha. And my grad group affiliate, such as yourself, are going to have the first uh, uh, links, right, to allow people to sign up for those groups. Okay. Because I anticipate once I get them rolling, they're going to be filling up quickly. And and as this continues to grow, right, and that was nice enough to point out that everything is in the swing of growing right now. Nat and I met a long time ago, so she's kind of seen this all come up over time. Um, things are getting busy, right? My one-on-one work. Uh, as much as I love to, I would would do it 20 hours a day if I could, but I can't, right? So everything is getting very, very select and low in supply. Um, So that's going to be a nice advantage. If you can utilize or have Nat's name, it's a big advantage to running through the process because I know who you're coming from. I know what you're made of. I know what you're going to be seeking and it makes both of our lives a lot easier.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Super excited. Super excited totally. Hey okay, guys, well as always, if there was anything that you took away from this, which I'm sure there was plenty, um or again if it just really piqued your interest, it got your gears turning and you want to dive deeper into it, everything that you will need will be in the show notes. Obviously, make sure that you follow him also on Instagram cuz he posts amazing content also so you can just get to know him a little bit too for those who just need to develop that relationship before kind of investing. I totally get it. Um, and there's a lot of misinformation out there, but I'm telling you, he's the real deal or I wouldn't have had him on twice of my podcasts. Okay. You know that integrity is a big thing for me. Um, and so he's at this point, the first person I've had twice on this podcast. So you know, that says a lot and holds a lot of weight. So make sure you check everything out. You could tag us with any takeaways that you've had on social media at Body by Boss LLC. And you could tag Connor as well. And other than that, thanks so much for spending this time with us, sharing your knowledge and all the new offers and services that you are offering the world.
1: Totally, Nat. It is so, so, so fun to get to talk to you and everybody that's listening. Thank you guys so much for lending an ear. If you have any questions about any angle that Nat and I went into, please don't hesitate to reach out. Neither of us are shy. Um, And, you know, if, if anything we spoke about ruffled any feathers please bring it up it's it's supposed to right remember i i went through all those ruffles not has gone through those ruffles it's not something that's effective isn't easy or fun necessarily at first right it's tough it's rocky and and until you stabilize it can be a little we'll call it rocky right <laughs> we'll yeah. call it rocky all right so please Explore. be willing to experiment and ask questions and be skeptical of what I'm saying. Right. Because it's brand new, it's brand new. And, and um, there's a lot that you could be doing for yourself. Otherwise, right. Nat wouldn't have me here once, let alone multiple times. Um, if it wasn't worth it.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Awesome. All right.
0: Guys, we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you
1: so much, you. Nat.